As I stood in the red light of the rising sun shining on the summit of Mount Sinai in the Sinai Peninsula, I sensed something was wrong. Why was this particular mountain special? Why had Moses led the Israelites about three thousand years ago to this mountain and not to one of the other mountains in the Sinai Peninsula, or even farther afield? To be sure, this mountain was majestic, but so were the other mountains visible from the top of Mount Sinai. There appeared to be nothing special about this particular mountain. And then I looked down to the dry and truly barren land below. How could two million Israelites, or even twenty thousand, with their flocks and herds of animals, have survived for about a year at the desolate foot of Mount Sinai? There was little water and virtually no vegetation, apart from stunted acacia bushes dotted sparsely about. How could they have survived forty years of wandering in this barren wilderness? I knew that the Old Testament described the Israelites as living on quail, but these are migratory birds that pass over the Sinai Peninsula only in spring and autumn. In any case, the Bible texts refer to the Israelites eating quail on only two occasions, each for a few days. How were the Israelites and their flocks and herds that lived on grass and plants to survive at other times in the desolate wilderness of the Sinai Peninsula? There, in the spring of 1995, standing on the top of the traditional Mount Sinai, also called Jebel Musa, the mountain of Moses, I resolved to tackle the problem of finding the real Mount Sinai. I knew that many historians and biblical scholars had worked on this problem, but I had an idea for a completely different approach, a more comprehensive study using the understanding of nature provided by modern science. I am a scientist, and, as we will see later, looking at the events of the Exodus through the lenses of science does indeed enable us to solve the puzzle of what really happened three thousand years ago. However, the science has to be applied in the context of our knowledge of the ancient Israelites and ancient Egyptians. We will need to understand the history and the geography of the countries involved in the route of the Exodus. We will need to study the main source of information on the Exodus, the Old Testament. Science and Miracles Why might a scientific approach be useful in helping to solve the problems of the Exodus? Science involves the study of the universe, including our planet, Earth, using detailed observation, logical thinking, and experiment. Scientists try to understand nature and answer questions like how a lunar eclipse occurs or how metals conduct electricity or how our brain works. The account of the Exodus abounds in extraordinary events reported to have occurred in nature, including a burning bush that wasn't consumed, the ten plagues of Egypt, a pillar of fire and a pillar of cloud in the sky, the Red Sea being forced back so that the Israelites could cross, then returning so rapidly that the Egyptian army was drowned, water from a rock, special food called manna, a mountain blazing with fire at its summit, and the river Jordan ceasing to flow, which enabled the Israelites to cross. These events are reported as occurring in our natural world, and some are explicitly stated in the Bible to have had a natural cause. We should therefore expect that present-day science may have an important contribution to make in our understanding of the events of the Exodus. Indeed, 
As we will hear later in this audiobook, I believe there is a natural explanation for all of the events previously mentioned. In many cases, this enables us to pinpoint geographically where these events must have occurred, and thus we can reconstruct the extraordinary Exodus journey. As far as I am aware, this is the first time that science, geology, biology, physics, chemistry and mathematics, in combination with history, geography, archaeology, ancient languages, and the Old Testament text, has been used to reconstruct the route of the Exodus.